Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Yes, it is free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is Harriet Westmore with the More Wine and Music podcast, a podcast where I discuss early genre of music over a glass of wine. I want to welcome everybody tonight. Um, I apologize. Usually I do the uh, live of the More Wine and Music podcast on Fridays, but I wasn't prepared. So I wanted to make sure I was fully prepared with the content that I'm going to bring tonight. So I wanted to make sure I just have an extra day for me to um, finish up what I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe uh, button, hit the like, and please share the content with others so we can um, get more um, audience those who are interested in learning about um, the early genres of American music, um, just share it with somebody who would be interested. And also, if you would like, um, you can um, send a donation or help keep the podcast going with um, more um, genre, more material by... um, sign up with um, buymeacoffee.com backslash more wine music. And um, you can, you know, give whatever you um, feel that you would like to give. And with that, I will give you a personal shout out on the show as my um, token of appreciation for you to help support me in the podcast. All right. So tonight I want to talk about, we're continuing on with uh, season two of the uh, jazz genre. So tonight I'm going to be talking about an early jazz uh, pioneer, which is King Oliver. King Oliver, he was a uh, band leader. He's one of the early pioneers of band leader of of the jazz, uh, jazz genre. So I wanted to talk about him. Um, he was a mentor, actually, to uh, the great uh, Satchmo Louis Armstrong. So he um, made a great influence in the jazz community. So born Joseph Nathan Oliver on December 19th of 1891, I'm sorry, 1881 or 1885, whichever, depending on what source you read. Of course, you know, they always get the 
the uh, dates of these artists is, you know, not accurate. He was born in Louisiana and I couldn't find any um, information about his parents or his early childhood. But um, only thing that I found that he was uh, at an early age, he started playing his first instrument was the trombone and he was actually studied music. So it wasn't something that he just picked up by ear. He actually had studied music and he that's, that was his first instrument was the trombone. By the time he uh, turned 15, became a teenager, he wanted to switch instruments of playing the trombone to the cornet. So he began to play the cornet at the age of 15. And also that's when he decided to start touring with other bands in uh, Louisiana in the South area. And um, by the time he, um, while performing with these bands, he was able to hone in his craft of using the mute when he played the horn. And with using the mute, he was able to uh, create some uh, create sounds uh, that was, you know, later became his trademark. I want to welcome my old friend and coworker Kathy. How are you? I'm glad to glad you joined in. Um, with like I said, while you know using the mute on his horn playing, you know, it created all these unusual sounds. And, and, and so the crowd just went wild on that. By 1917, King Oliver rose popularity and he was actually billed um, as a headliner to by a band leader called uh, Kid Ori. And it was at this time that he uh, was dubbed King. So now from here on out, Joseph Oliver is now King Oliver. Um, in 1918, um, King Oliver decided to leave the South, leave his home in Louisiana and move up to Chicago, where he, you know, felt that he can get more uh, music and more notoriety as most Southern artists, music artists do. They usually leave the South and move up North and it's usually either Chicago or New York. And King Oliver was no exception. He left Louisiana and went to Chicago. And he was billed with the other band member called um, another player called Bill Johnson's band. And he played at the Dreamland Ballroom in Chicago. He left Chicago briefly and went to California. He didn't stay there in California long. I guess he couldn't find, you know, the type of notoriety that he was searching for. Um, so he returned back to Chicago. And um, he, at that point, that's when he became a band leader himself. Instead of being a part of a band, he was good enough to where he wanted to start his own band and be a uh, band leader. And he started his own band group, which is called the Creole Jazz Band. And it was there that he uh, played at, at the Lincoln Gardens in Chicago. Um, as popular as the Creole jazz band was, and they became really, really popular. So popular to where King Oliver wired um, a message back to his home in Louisiana 
to um, ask his young protege, the great uh, Louis Armstrong, to come up to uh, Chicago and join him and to be a part of the band. And that's where Louis Armstrong, he did. He left, I guess, Louis Armstrong was is from Louisiana also, or at least around the area. So he uh, left the South and came up there to um, Chicago and be to be a part of um, King Oliver's band. Um, with him, alongside Louis Armstrong, was uh, clarinetist Johnny Dalts, trombonist Onro Dutry, pianist Lil Harden, and drummer Baby Dodds. This lineup was considered, actually, was one of the considered the dream team. I mean, this uh, this band was, you know, it, it they were just honed in. They honed in on their craft. They were one of the hottest bands out. Hi, mom. Um, they were one of the highest bands out there. And, uh, and they were very, very good. And they were always, you know, having gigs in the Chicago area. Um, the, uh, they recorded several songs, although a lot of the songs um, are, you know, haven't, didn't survive at this point, but the ones that they did, it was a few, few recordings of this band. And it says that, I mean, the recordings, when you listen to it, it doesn't do the band justice because they were just so outstanding in their performance especially a particular song called um, Dipper Mouth Blues, which was um, Clean Oliver's uh, solo. And we played the, um, the cornet. I mean, he was so good that that on that piece in that particular song. So, and this was, um, you know, later on described by um, Louis Armstrong about that particular song that, you know, that was one of the best, um solo as a cornet uh that he ever heard or if anybody ever heard because a lot of people after that tried to emulate the sound that um king oliver had uh performed um the band unfortunately was only together for only four years so they they in they started they formed this group in 1920 and by 1924 for some reason, I don't know, I couldn't find out the reason why they decided to break up, but they did. And after they broke up, um, Louis Armstrong went ahead and, you know, that didn't stop him, obviously, because we all know who he is now. But uh, he decided to move on and went to New York. And so, you know, that's, you know, Louis Armstrong just continued on to flourish in his career. And he went to New York. And in 1927, um, King Oliver decided to take his chance and go to New York as well. Um, he was given the uh, position to play at the Savoy Ballroom. It was said that he was originally offered to play at the Cotton Club as a um, performer or band leader, and he turned that position down for whatever reason. And that come up, that kind of came back to haunt him. So um, even though he didn't take that position, it was later offered and accepted by Duke Ellington. On top of that, the fact that um, 
being in New York, as any, and anybody know, it, New York is a hard, is a tough place, you know, to thrive, you know, and King Oliver, he started to realize that his music was becoming to be outdated. And this was like in the late twenties into the, into the thirties. So his style of music wasn't, um, wasn't as popular as it was was in his heyday. So, you know, he started to, his uh, performances started to get less and less. Um, he was um, being called less to perform because again, like I said, I mean, music changes, you know, different styles of music, it changes all the time. So you pretty much have to keep up with the time um, and, you know, playing certain styles in certain ways, although it was good at the time when it was, when you start playing it, but as years move on, you've got new sounds, new, you know, artists coming in and, you know, they might be a little better than what you were. And so King Oliver fell into that um, category to where he just wasn't progressing enough. So, and on top of that, this is where he developed uh, pyorrhea, which is a gum disease. And it was said because he ate, which was, I thought was kind of weird. I never heard of it was he ate, he used to love and eat uh, sugar sandwiches. I don't know what that consists of. I don't know if it was two pieces of bread with, you know, sugar in the middle and whatever it was, um, he you know, that was his downfall of his, of his gum disease because he ate so much of that. And so as a result of that, um, after a while, it became really painful for him to, to play because of his gums being, you know, deteriorating and, and hurting because of um, this disease. So by 1935, um, he eventually had to stop playing altogether. It was just too much for him. So, but I mean, even though he stopped playing, he still was a, a conductor. So he still would lead in 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 the bands um, that he, they were. You know, people would ask him to uh, become a, be a band leader and conduct some of the uh, bands, and he, you know, he still could do that. And a lot of the solo performances that were once his solo performances, he had to uh, a younger, you know, player in the band in the ensemble had to take over and, and do his what was once his part. So, you know, <laughs> that was kind of a pretty much the beginning of the end of him. After a while, he stayed in. Um, New York for a little bit, but, you know, uh, with him debilitating with his mouth and unable to, to perform, he became disillusioned and sick and frustrated. So he decided to leave New York and move back down South. And he um, went to Savannah. He decided to, instead of going back to his home in Louisiana, he decided to settle in um, Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, this is the sad part as a lot of these artists um, were at, at the time of their end of their career. I mean, he was so, you know, it was almost like he was destitute. 
he had to sell his horn and some of some of his um fine suits that he used to wear when he was performing you know up in the up north in chicago and in new york um he had to sell sell that to survive and, and to um you know make ends meet and it got in and on top of that humiliation um he had opened up a and maintained a small fruit stand and he um, worked as a pool hall janitor. So, I mean, as, you know, as much of a great pioneer as he was, I mean, and to be relegated to this, um, it, 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 I can't imagine the humiliation he felt, you know, being at one time, you know, loved and admired and, 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 you know, showed his talent and now, you know, to lose all of that and have to do, you know, a menial um, job is something that's totally not even what he was, you know, born to do as to be a janitor and, you know, open up some little side road fruit stand. On April 10th, 1938, Joseph King Oliver died of a heart attack. Um, that's what you know, the official um, result was of his demise. But although later on in an interview, um, his protege and long-term, you know, friend Louis Armstrong believed that he more likely died of a broken heart, which, you know, I kind of believe that's, you know, he was just so disillusioned and devastated you know, instead of, you know, he probably did, but it was more of a broken heart instead of a heart attack. So, and that's the story of Joseph King Oliver. Um, again, like I said, I tried to find a little more information about, I don't know if he was married or not. I didn't say, I don't know anything about his family. I don't know if he was the only child or had more siblings or, you know, anything of his parents. It didn't say. So, Unfortunately, you know, this is what kind of a short biography. But again, he made a um, he made a way in in far as far as uh, as an early jazz artist. He he was an innovator on 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 his plane, and like I said, um, his uh, way of mute using the mute when he played his horn i mean was something to really hear and up until that point nobody ever did that now afterwards you know you've got louis armstrong and miles davis they kind of emulated what um king oliver had uh created so he made his mark um as an early pioneer um of uh of, of the jazz genre so that's it I appreciate uh, the audience. Um, again, if you wish to uh, donate to help keep the program going, um, you can um, donate whatever to uh, go to buymeacoffee.com and backslash more wine music. And, you know, it, it would be appreciated because it will help keep the program going and help me um, deliver better content. You know, I, I enjoy bringing new because I'm, I'm a history buff anyway. So I, I enjoy bringing um, 
content to the audience of, of people that's not as well known as the, you know, and who is much as talented as anybody else. And, you know, who I feel that should be, you know, recognized. So again, um, go to buymeacoffee.com and backslash define my actual account is more wine and music. Um, if you'd like to donate a um, little bit of money and I will certainly uh, give you a shout out on the shows. So that's it. I appreciate you listening next week. I'm going to talk about this person is actually, you know, pretty much people know um, Fats Waller. I know people have heard that name. So um, I'm going to, I wanted to talk about him. So I'll, I'll be talking about him in episode five of next week of the More Wine and Music podcast. I appreciate you guys listening and stay tuned, stay safe and be blessed. Have a good night. Bye. Sounds right.